Blog Talk Radio. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Make me to lie down in green pastures. The waters of rest He restores my soul Though I walk through the valley Thou art with me Thou preparest me today Yes, good morning. This is Pastor Jim Newsom and this is Truth and Word. On Christmas Survival Radio, it's the 21st day of February 2019, 7.30 a.m. on the East Coast. We're broadcasting to you today from North Central, West Virginia. I'm going to continue on today in Revelation chapter 21, again with verse 3. Let us bless God's word. Precious Heavenly Father, bless your word. Lord, send it forth and do what you intended to do. Lord, you said it won't come back void. We'll do that, what you said it. You see every situation, every circumstance, every person that's going to listen to this broadcast, you see every need, and we ask you to minister. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Last time we spoke in verses 1 and 2, the new heaven and the new earth. Verse 2, the holy city, which is what? New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared for prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Word of God says the first earth and the first heaven will pass away and there'll be no more sea. So these are things that's that's going to happen. It's interesting, I think, that uh, there'll be no more sea. Uh, I can't imagine how much more land mass it's going to provide for the world or for the earth. Uh, God's plan coming to uh, uh, the fullness that, that he intended it to be. So the all-knowing, all-wise, all-loving God has everything under control. But today we're going to go into uh, verse 3. and says, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. Now, the key word here is tabernacle, and that means uh, a tent or a cloth, or what it means here is a habitation, an eternal habitation where God will be with man, and the criteria here is that men, when I, when I say men, I mean mankind, men that have accepted Jesus Christ. See, there's no getting to this point without knowing Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life, and no man comes unto the Father except it be through me. So, tabernacle. Uh, means a covering. Uh, a, a, a booth, like, like the Feast of Tabernacles. So, this finally proclaims that which God intended from the beginning. Men would be 
in constant fellowship with him. The Bible says that Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the day with the Lord. He had given them all dominion and all power. Adam even named all of the animals. He was uh, to oversee the earth, per se, and you know, especially the surrounding garden. And as they multiplied, I guess their, their dominion would spread. But uh, that's the plan that God had for man, that uh, the Bible says we were made a little lower than the angels, but yet God is mindful of us, and we were made out of dust, the word Adam, Adam, which means red clay. So we are flesh and blood, created of God. God leaned over and breathed the breath of life into Adam, and he became a living being, but a creation, not a creator, a creation. Below subordinate to God. Uh, of course, we see in today's society, uh, men prompted uh, to become more powerful than God um, by denying that God even exists. Uh, they get real offended at the name of Jesus Christ. And of course, they would because he is the link. He's the mediator between God and man. The Bible says the man, Christ Jesus. For one man, sin came into the world, and that was Adam. But by one man, which is Christ, which is the second Adam, sin was eradicated. Reconciliation was made back to God. Zechariah 8.8, 8, he says, And I will bring them, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth and in righteousness. Now, this is a, this is a wonderful thing. This, I mean, this is, uh, all things have passed away. This is, this is God's plan being implemented, God's purpose. And the law of time is when, from between, uh, when man fell in the garden. And God sent Jesus Christ to reconcile man back to God, one mediator. And now everything else has been put down, all power and all dominion, which the Bible says all power and all dominion has been given unto Jesus Christ. For he put, the Bible says, to an open shame every power and every principality. He finished the work at the cross 2,000 years ago. Now men are going to dwell with God in this holy city forever and ever and ever. And who's going to sit on the throne? Jesus Christ. The word of God says, The Father said to the Son, Set by my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Verse 4, Revelation 21, 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Wow. Neither sorrow, crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Every teardrop, I've heard preachers preach that every teardrop is numbered by God, that God puts them in a bottle, a bottle of remembrance. I don't uh, really have particular scripture for that, but that that's a good thought. That he sees every teardrop. I believe that. I believe the scripture for that. If he if he didn't see him, he wouldn't wipe him away. So there'll be no more death. Now wrap your mind around this today. There'll be no more death. All the confusion, all the chaos. There'll never be another funeral home. There'll never be another hospital. 
there'll be no need for it. Anything that has to do with chaos or problems or situations or violence, all that's going to be gone. Neither are people going to cry anymore, and there'll be there won't be any more pain. We hear a lot today about pain management. People are in pain. People hurt physically. People hurt mentally. People hurt psychologically. People's hearts are broken today. But there's only one that can mend, and that's the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he can do that now. He can give you hope now. He's the healer. He says, if you come unto me, if you're thirsty, he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So this addresses sin and all the results of sin. What's the results of sin? Death, for the wages of sin is death. Sin brings sorrow. People cry on account of sin. People are in pain because of sin. I've said it a lot of times that men's problems are that three-letter word called sin. If we address the sin problem, then you get to the root of everything. And everything, every sin was addressed at the cross. Only one unforgivable sin, and that's the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. And that's, uh, I feel that's when we reject Jesus Christ. The song says, receive him today. Please don't turn him away. Listen to me. He's the answer. We need to lift him up that all men might be drawn unto him. He said, in the former things are passed away. This refers to the uh, what we see going on, on the earth now, the effect of the fall that happened years and years and years ago where men are born with the sin nature. We are born fallen. Everybody needs a redeemer. Nobody's born saved. Everybody has an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. He is the answer today. He's the hope today, and he's the only way. In Isaiah chapter 25, verse 8, the prophet said he will swallow up death in victory. Wow, think about that today. And he has already at the cross. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth, for the Lord hath spoken it. That's what goes on here. This is confirmation of what the writer is saying in Revelation here, that death will be swallowed up. First Corinthians chapter 15, death no longer has sting. Death, uh, the grave has no victory. Corruption will put on incorruption. Mortality will put on immortality. I guess the scientific term would be metamorphosis. The change is coming. Job said, I'll wait all the days of my life for my change. But death is swallowed up. Think about that. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty four. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. He's quoting Isaiah 25, verse 8. Paul is. So when we die on this earth, the body dies, but the soul and the spirit, as I've said a lot of times, goes to be somewhere. If you're a Christian, Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 
We give an example in Luke 16 that the rich man opened up his eyes in torment and looked across a great gulf and saw Lazarus, the man that had been a beggar maybe the day before, is now the rich man, and now the rich man is the beggar. The ties have been turned. He was conscious, but yet he was dead. He was in that place that abode forever. He said, let me go back and warn my brethren. He said, no, they've got the prophets. They've got the teachers. They've got the leaders. And they're not going to listen to them. And they're certainly not going to listen to you. They might not come to this place. Everybody's got a destiny. Everybody's going somewhere. And life is fragile. Okay. We could meet our eternity at any time. It's appointed unto man once to die. And then the judgment, the word of God says. Isaiah 65, 19, and I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people and the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. So does the child of God have something to look forward to? Isaiah 42 and 9, behold, the former things are come to pass and new things do I declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them. So he's given us a insight. He doesn't tell us everything. The secret things belong to God. Deuteronomy 29, 29. But we are required to walk in the light as we have the light. This is light today. That there is future for men, women, boys, and girls that accept Jesus Christ. And I'll go as far as to say, and we'll back down from it, that he is the only future there is for men. Is Jesus now, today, he's wrapped in religion, wrapped in this and wrapped in that. But the fact remains that God so loved the world, they gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish. He purchased a church. Yes, he did. He never purchased denominations. He never sectioned people off. Okay. Revelation 21 and 6. Let's read five first, sorry. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. You heard that phrase before? Write, for they are true and faithful. In other words, they will come to pass. Every T will be crossed. Every I will be dotted. And he that sat upon the throne. Who is he that sits upon the throne? That would be Jesus Christ. The Lamb, the worthy Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. The only one that in chapter 5 was worthy to open up the sealed books, the scrolls. And he says, I make all things new. Old things are passed away. See? We're going to be in our glorified bodies. You'll not wake up in the morning not being able to get out of bed. If we even sleep, I don't know. We're not going to be mortal, we'll say. The Bible says we're going to put on immortality. He says, write these things down because they are true and they are faithful. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. This is the future of the Christian. We've talked several times about the future of the unbeliever. 
there'll be no unbelievers here. We're going to find out here in a second. There's a list that the Holy Ghost writes in this book that tells us the people that will be excluded from this heavenly city. Revelation 21.6, and he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He told the Samaritan woman, he said, you you seek these waters today, but you drink the waters in this well, you're going to be thirsty again. But the waters that I have to offer you, you drink them and you'll never be thirsty again. He says, I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and the ending. He says, so this is a a declaration of things being finished at the cross. Jesus Christ said, I, it is finished. When God made the earth, he said, it's finished. Uh, what I've done is, is good. And now. This word, these these words will be spoken as the the new era, eternity, forever and ever is being ushered in. He says, "I will give unto him who's the thirst of the fountain of water of life freely." And this speaks of the water of life that Jesus promised: "Out of your belly shall flow waters of living life." This is available now. We don't have to wait. Until this situation here, until the end, until eternity. This is available now to the believer, to everyone, anyone that needs it, the water of life. For out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. In Isaiah 44 and 6, thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, I am the last, and beside me there is no God. The beginning and the ending. Everything else in between, gone by the wayside. The Lord said, in the days in which we live, he said, many will say, I am here, I am there. Many will call themselves Christ, even the Antichrist. There's two Christ, Christ, the Christ of God, the anointed Christ, and the pseudo-Christ, which is the Antichrist, who will call himself God and sit in the temple and require worship. We've talked about all that. And his spirit is very prevalent today in today's society. Okay, verse 7. And he that overcome shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. He that overcometh, have you heard that before? Go back and study the seven letters, the seven epistles that Christ wrote to the seven churches of Asia Minor, or the area of Turkey. He that hath the ear, let him hear what the Spirit Saith unto the churches, this is this is Revelation two seven. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So he that endures unto the end shall be saved. There's an inheritance. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. For this is the heritage of the children of God. By no means will anything separate you from the love of God. Paul stated. I mean, Jesus said, "I'll be with you." Even closer than a friend, I'll be with you even till the end of the age. So he that overcomes shall inherit all things. We are heirs and joint heirs 
with Jesus Christ. It's a scripture. Okay, verse 8, Revelation 21 and 8. Now he gives a scenario of those that will not, I repeat, will not be in this eternal place in the new heaven and the new earth. He says the fearful, the unbelieving, the the abominable, the murderers and whoremongers, the sorcerers, adulterers, all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We talk about the second death. We die. People die once without the Lord, and then they they die again. They got to pay their own penalty because the wages of sin is death. Okay, the fearful. That means those that. Don't have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God and He is rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. The unbelieving, there again, those without faith, those that don't trust, faithless, to the point of being an infidel, to disregarding God Almighty, to writing Him off as not not existing. If you don't, if you don't believe that He is, the Bible says you must believe that He is. And he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He's alive and well. He's currently active in the affairs of men. But many today write him off. They they call themselves atheists or agnostics, whatever it might be, whatever term you used. But the fact is that God Almighty rules and reigns and everything will be done according to what he has spoken in this book. The abominable, that actually means to stink, for your Burn offerings, he says in Isaiah, I believe. He says, have come up before me, and they are stinking to my nostrils. This is religious activity, barring or separating God from it as a form and a fashion. For they seek me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. I believe this is one of the most abominable things unto God. Yes, he hates sin. He hates perversion, sexual sin, sexual perversion of all kinds, fornication, pernea, which we get the term pornography. Any lifestyle that you live that's outside of the lids of this book is sin. We can name them all, but they're all sin. If they're against the nature of God, or even the nature of man, and how God intended it to be, then it is sin. And the Bible says it's an abomination. In other words, God detests it. It's abominable. But going back to he hates false religion. You know, I don't think he's real pleased with hypocrites. Those that put on the writs, so to speak. Religious people. One of the problems in the world today, and in the church world, religion. Religion. But we should teach faith in Jesus Christ. That he, listen, he can save you out of anything. There's no, you're not deep enough in it. He can't reach down and get you out of any lifestyle that you're living in. He can bring you. He can. Men can't. He can. Men can pray for you. Men can believe with you. But the work is done by the Holy Ghost. As he reaches down. The song says the fallen man and pulls him out and sets him up again. Jesus Christ is your deliverer, my deliverer, for whatever you're bound with today. So sin, basically, 
sin and false religion is detestable. It's stink in God's God. He said so. It's a stink in my nostrils. He said your burnt offerings and your burning of incense which points towards religion. I believe religion is going to take a lot of people to hell. Forms and fashions denying the power thereof. You know, the Bible says the ministers, to lay between the porch and the altar, the minister's job is to be a watchman. He is to warn the people, even though they don't like it. Even the countenance on their face might change. And they get mad. And they react to what the Word of God says. And the Word of God today is even called a hate crime or hate words. Hateful words, but see, the words of God are love. They are to keep you and to separate you from going to this horrible place, he says, which is the lake of fire, which is the second death. Okay, murderers, that's pretty self-explanatory. And, uh, yeah, you, there's a lot of ways to murder people, I guess. And he, we can even murder people psychologically by what we say to them. Whoremongers. Uh, that is to sell, to traffic. You ever heard that term before? Traffic. To use people to make money, most of the time sexually, or to, to be involved in prostitution. It's it's a debauchery. It's uh could also be a fornicator, which covers a, a vast fornicator, adultery, what uh, uh a perverse lifestyle, homosexuality, whatever it might be. Let's let's get one thing straight. God 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 loves the sinner, man. God loves the sinner. He loves me. Loves you. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us has need deliverance and still do from a lot of things in our life. For the man that hasn't sinned, the Bible says he's a liar if he says he hasn't. So let's get this straight today. Jesus Christ loves you. He's not up there with a bolt of lightning to strike you dead. He wants to help you. Come unto me, even heavy laden in labor, and I will give you rest. Cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. But there's something you've got to do on your part. You've got to humble yourself before God. Become broken and contrite and confess your sin. He can never deal with a prideful spirit. Well, I'm right. Well, if the Word of God says you're wrong, then you're wrong. I remember years ago, my pastor, people would call him and Pastor, or what is your opinion on this or that? They say, well, my opinion doesn't matter. What's the word of God say about it? And that's that's the bottom line. The final authority is and always will be the word of God. But God loves you. God loves you. I would that none would perish, but that each and every one would come unto everlasting life. Sorcerers, that word is pharmakeia which you know, has no reflection on pharmacists today. But pharmacia is uh, uh, one who, well, a sorcerer, which is uh, one who practices the black arts, those that are involved in divination, as the young girl was in Acts 16.16. A magician, one who um, uh, conjures, one who wants to cast spells or whatever it might be. This is very prevalent in, in the world today. Uh, one giving a potion. Now, there's nothing wrong with medicine per se. But there are things wrong with things that take people out of their right mind. 
Okay, involved they get involved in in uh, with the powers of darkness with the black arts. Okay, so sorcerers, those who practice witchcraft, which is the spirit of rebellion, by the way, are not going to make it. I didn't write the book. Acts sixteen sixteen. It came to pass as as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. See, this is a form of prostitution here, spiritual prostitution. Okay. Idolaters, one that worship an image. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. The Bible says, love the Lord thy God for all thy heart, with all thy mind, for all thy soul, and thy spirit. Have no other gods before thee, and love thy neighbors as thyself. If you keep those two commands, you've kept them all. So idolaters are those that worship an image. That could be one built out here in your yard, wherever it might be, or it could be image in your mind. For the mind is the battleground. Those that worship outside of God. Those that put anything ahead of God. Who's your God today? Question needs to be asked. Who sits on the throne of your heart? Okay, liars. Those that speak untrue words. Erroneous, deceitful, wicked, false. All these, the Bible says, shall have their part, not in this place we're talking about, but they have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, you know, the argument is, was this literal? Well, that's what it says. That's what it says. Well, how can a just God send anybody to this place? He's not sending anybody. People make a choice. People choose every day. Every day who they're going to serve. You know, in today's society, so many people are mad at God because of circumstances in their lives. But see, God loves you. He He hurts with you. The Bible says he's touched with our infirmities. And of course, that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no man come to the Father except it be through me. So these categories here are not going to inherit this kingdom. The Word of God says that they won't. The Bible says, search out your own salvation with trembling and with fear. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. For a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. If a man puts his hand to the plow and looks back, he's not worthy of the kingdom of God. Bible says it's a fearful thing. Be in the hands of an angry God. What's that mean? He's angry with you. No, he's angry over the rejection. He said, I'll give you a plan. The plan is Jesus Christ. I'll give you a way out, but you don't accept it. As again, we can't take the path of religion. There's a lot of religions out there. A lot of legalism out there. A lot of do's and don'ts, which there are do's and don'ts in the Bible. I understand all that. But Romans 8, 1, for there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen, the rest of the verse says, who walk not after the flesh or your own power, but you walk in the spirit. It's God's power. He sent the spirit, the Holy Spirit, to lead us, to guide us, to teach us, to comfort us, to give us power. That's just some of the attributes of the Holy Spirit. But we got to yield to him. Mm. 
we got to yield to the Holy Spirit because he is our helper. The word is paraclete, the one that comes alongside to help and give men direction. If you call on him, if you call on the name of the Lord today, the Holy Spirit's yours. Yes, I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Yes. But the Holy Ghost is more than tongues. The Holy Ghost is a person. You can read the, the nine spiritual gifts that set in the church. Read them and the operation of them. First Corinthians chapter 12, 13, 14, I believe. We'll, we'll, we'll further explain how the Holy Spirit operates. and He does all things in decency and in order. He never things never does things out of order, and he never brings confusion. If there's, if there's confusion, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's another spirit. There needs to be decency and order in his house. Sometimes there is strange fire that goes on in the house of God. The people need to be taught that the Holy Spirit does all things in decency and order. And there is an order by which he works. You can study the gifts. Study them. They're not dead. They're alive and well in the house of God today. But seek the fruit first rather than the giftings. I believe we could, we need to have the fruit of the Spirit before we have the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. In the last days, I'll pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, and I, and I believe these giftings will be a big part. But they will operate, I must say again, in order, in order never to bring confusion. So wherever you're at today, whatever category you're in, whatever place you're in, Jesus Christ loves you. Who are we that God is mindful of us? That he would even consider us. Well, he loved us so much. They sent his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And the Bible says, if you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God Almighty raised him from the dead, and the Bible says you will be saved. Think about this today. I'm going to read you the scripture out of Romans chapter 10. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. It says in verse 12, There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. There's no division between any races, creeds, or callers. He loves everyone equally. Call on his name today. He's your way out. He's your hope. He's your strength. In a dark and a gloomy day, when people are perplexed, the book of Luke says men will be perplexed and men's hearts will fail them for what they see coming on the face of the earth. Call on the name of Jesus and he'll save you. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word for your power and for your spirit. And we thank you, Lord, for the plan of salvation that you've offered us. And we ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you save that lost soul, that you heal that sick body, that you touch that mind today and touch that broken heart and deliver. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray.
for your glory. Amen and amen. God bless till next time. This has been Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom on Christian Survival Radio. Our email address is truthintheword777 at gmail.com. May God bless each and every one of you. Keep looking up, for Jesus is coming soon.